Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Tommy Bureau Field Report. A uh, member of the Believe podcast family, as you might notice, the uh, listing on your podcast platform says Believe in the Comedy Bureau Field Report. Of course, that is not the name. It's just the Comedy Bureau Field Report. Believe is the name of the network spelled B-L-E-A-V, which I is supposedly a cool way to spell Believe, I think. Anyways, you make your own conclusions. Um, I want to get to another great, fantastic guest, uh, our first artistic director on the Comedy Bureau Field Report. Uh, you know, I think very largely, I would think of her as the spirit of the Pack Theater. Uh, Alyssa Phillips, everybody. Hi. Hello. Hi. Thanks for having me. Very glad to have you. Uh, You know, people can't see right now because this is an audio format, but you have very nice, shiny, big hoops on. Well, thanks. I did it for you. Can you hear if my fan is on? I can't, but I also have my fan on. And this is a great time to remind everybody uh, that I think if you're complaining about audio quality while in quarantine on podcasts, you can shove it. Yeah, you can shove it because I don't own an AC, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, we got shove we got it. a pandemic going on. Half of California is on fire, and it's um, yeah. Huh. We're all just doing the best we can. Dang it. Yes. So, how are you doing, Alyssa? How uh, how are things? Were you quarantined? What a, so many loaded questions. Um, <laughs> I meant to be so easy. <laughs> how are you in a, in the current climate is an interesting question. It is a very interesting question. Um, I'm, I'm here for it, whatever yeah, you want to say. I'm here for it. I'm doing okay. I'm doing the best I can. I'm staying in good spirits. I'm trying to stay positive and motivated and mm-hmm. inspired, therefore inspiring as much as I can. Right. Um, so I'm right. doing okay. I'm quarantined as much as I can be. I am back to work at the restaurant that I work at. So I am doing that. How's that going? Um, it's going okay. Um, it's alfresco, al right? We have made our restaurant alfresco. Yeah. Yeah. It was so you have prior. like a big patio and... We built it. Oh, really? My chef, my chef had it built. We basically took our valet parking lot and made it into like an Italian alfresco dining experience. It's great. And it really looks like that versus like some alfresco setups I've seen is like literally AstroTurf on concrete. And then they just no. put like- <laughs> they Have put you not seen the photos of my restaurant? You need to Google Osteria Moza or Moza. I have, I was just letting you describe it. That's all. <laughs> no, no, no. I think, I think Chef did a great job. I'm really happy with how it looks. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm back there um, four nights a week. And then the other three nights I'm usually uh, just quarantined uh, watching pack theater Twitch shows. Yeah, which yeah. there there are seven nights a week. Seven nights a week, baby. And I think truly, I mean, I I don't think I'm far off, but from what I've seen, there Flappers is the only other venue that does that, like in yeah. the, in the country. I know it's pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, it's really exciting. I think everyone's doing a great job. Everyone's creating content and taking mm-hmm. chances and risks and figuring out how to navigate comedy in this new platform. And I think it's great. Right. And I definitely want to get into that more later, but I think just as general, like what, what drove you, was there any single thing that drove you? They're like, all right, we're just going to make this completely virtual rather than like some venues just dip their toe in the water 
and they hated it. Some just like, all right, we'll do like one. We'll do like a virtual show a week. I mean, I feel like that's like a multi-part question because I feel like if you're going to do it, I say do it. Mm -hmm. So there's no dipping. It's either jump in or stay out. Right. I also feel like, of course, people don't like it at first. It's change and it's new and it's different and it's unprecedented. And nobody knows what they're doing. So it's hard work. Right. So yes, it's still frustrating even now, like still trying to figure out ways to challenge each other and ourselves doing this. It's not always pleasant, but that's how you find the jewels and the gold and the gems within it. You know what I mean? So I 100% agree. You know, so, um, and I think one of the impetus, impetuses, is impetus is a word, impeti? People know what, you're, what you mean. Whatever. One it, of, it's up for debate. Impeti, sure. Whatever. Uh, one of those, for me, if you remember, one of the first things that we did on Twitch was our packathon, which was our online telethon to help raise money to keep the theater open, because at right. that point, we didn't realize this would be going on. Right as long as it did. And I think something that I realized when we were doing it is like, uh, a lot of comedians are sad. A lot of people in the comedy world are oh, very really? sad. Yeah, we're <laughs> a sad sack of people. Uh -huh. And um, I think in doing the, the packathon and reaching out to a lot of funny friends to do it, giving them a purpose, mm -hmm. um, giving them something to work on, yeah during this time I think is really important. Mm -hmm. I think giving our audiences a break from the world and what's going on for an hour, right. 30 minutes is important. That's our job. Right. So that really was the impetus is like, things are hard, but let's, let's remember that for some of us, for some people it is just like, come on and do a, and do a 30 minutes, 30 minute improv show or do a 15 minute character bit and leave. And like, that's it. But for some people like this is our job right. and you know, and that this is our responsibility. Mm -hmm. So I think that was part of the impetus as well. Yeah, that's great. And I definitely think that, um, yeah, it's a, it's twofold in that it serves both the performer and the audience to just have time away from the world. Yeah. 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 And I mean, you know, other live streams that I've seen that have been happening very consistently over the months. Um, I mean, who, who knows about like how financially viable or sustainable any of these are some there's like, there's some that are, but um, largely a lot of people are doing it. It's just like, yeah, I, I want to feel a sense of community. Yeah. I want like some yeah. semblance of like what I was doing before. Totally. Yeah. And so that's why they keep going on Instagram Live, which will never be fixed ever. Yeah, I I, I gave up on that. <laughs> I mean, and I say that, hey, the Comedy Bureau has office hours on Saturdays at 2 uh, Pacific time on IG Live, uh, which, you know, I'll answer anything at this point. It doesn't have to be about comedy. Um, right. Just don't leave me in uh, IG Live alone. That was a, yeah, that was a, that was a great feeling to see it, no one being on it with you. It's awful. It's awful. <laughs> yeah. I, it's like, why would you do that to yourself? It's just like cutting yourself. It's like, yeah, it's like live cutting. No. It's <laughs> yes. It was. It's awful. I won't do it. it. Yeah, it was a it was a whole new level of loneliness I had never felt before. Uh, yeah, so I don't even. I'm lonely enough. Oh yeah. No, we we yeah we all are. Um, 
before we get to more about the pack, uh, I got some just news items I want to get through. Feel free to chime in Great. as you as you would like. Uh, I want to start off. Um, there is a live action version or adaptation of the Powerpuff Girls with Solomon at CW. Yeah, yeah. Why <laughs> do you have do you have an answer? I don't have an answer. No, I do. I mean, why not? I think that's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how do you envision? I mean, so they're supposed to be like, like grown the up Spice and like girls. They should get the Spice Girls. <laughs> oh, which ones? Because that's you know. my pitch. Oh wait, how many Powerpuff Girls are there? Oh, this is what I don't know. Yeah, well, um, so you have to pick like, all right, do you want like which of the Spice Girls get to be in the Powerpuff Girls? Which of the Spice Girls know how to work Zoom? All right, I uh, guess Tosh Spice does not. Okay. Scary Spice does. She for sure does, and then Sporty Spice does. Right. And that leaves, what, Baby and... Gin ginger, Ginger. Oh, Ginger. You gotta have a Ginger in there. Yeah, Ginger. It's good for diversity. Like, that, that's also, the diverse part. Also, one of the Powerpuff Girls is a Ginger. Oh, great. You worked yeah. out. Yeah, Type it works out. Works out. So, yeah, the Powerpuff Girls are gonna be British now. <laughs> and Great. Why not? Why not? Um, it says, yeah, it's in development CW, and um, it is uh, partially being written and uh, executive produced by Diablo Cody. Uh, oh, great! Yeah, right. Uh, I've I've always wondered. She just seems to literally do kind of whatever interests her. I mean, in that she does she's so great. many different things. Yeah, I think that she's. Yeah, I think she's so amazing. Everything she touches is brilliant so yeah that excites me about the project yeah uh yeah so i just wanted to bring that up we'll see if it goes to series but yeah it definitely uh, they're taking a sort of um the powerpuff girls are like kind of grown up and like you know uh little disillusioned with their role as superheroes because that's how every superhero origin story has to happen now but um girls i don't know the show on their show, do they age or are they timeless? They are in in the cartoon show. They're yeah. timeless, yeah. as far as I know. I mean, right. if if I'm wrong about that, come at me at the comments because then I we'll will ask my friends who have written on that show. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll ask Kelly Mancini right now. Right. Oh yeah. No, there are yeah. There's pack alums that are involved in that, right? Yeah, there's a bunch of a uh, bunch of friends of the pack who have written on that show. Right, and I want to say is not a, well the animated the the recent animated reboot has a bunch of pack loves. I think Natalie Palomides was voicing one of the characters, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a bunch of people associated with the reboot. Yeah. Uh, which is glad. I, you know, we <laughs> employ all the folks in comedy because they, you know, not only are they out of work, but as we established a little bit earlier in the show, they are sad. Um, so <laughs> they need stuff to do. Yeah. Um, well, I'm glad that we're on uh, board for that. Um, another item, Amy Poehler is going to direct a documentary. I think it might be her first. Um, tracing the uh, relationship of Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz. Oh, cool. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Um, were you a big I Love Lucy fan? I'm, she's one of my inspirations. Uh, Lucille uh, and Gilda are and Katherine Hepburn are probably my three biggest comedic inspirations. So 
Um, One of my favorite books ever actually is Lucille Ball has an unauthorized autobiography, Mm -hmm. which is not really heard of. Um, Her daughter found it. So Lucy passed away before Desi and after Desi passed away, little Lucy, their daughter was going through all their stuff and found her mother's autobiography that was never published and went to her mother's editor and was like, can we publish this? Uh-huh. And he went, yeah, but we can't say it's authorized because the mother's dead. Right. Uh, and it's like one of the most brilliant books I've ever written. Or, sorry, read. Not written. I didn't write it. <laughs> right. What, what, what gems did you find out of it? Also, uh, I mean, wasn't the daughter in charge of the estate? Like, wouldn't that allow her yes. to authorize it? They would not let her authorize it. It's, I mean, I, I don't know how that works, but I do know. She talks about it in the book, in like the preface. Right. That, um... Uh, that yeah, they couldn't say it was authorized. Yeah, but uh, what what are some gems that you found in there? It's just really inspiring to hear. Oh God, one story that like sticks out. I mean, there it's just so one. It's so inspiring to hear a woman talk about what it's like to be such a badass bitch mm-hmm. in comedy back then. Oh yeah. Um, and. I will say that one of the more memorable stories that she speaks about is the very last episode of I Love Lucy. And I believe it was right before they started calling it the Lucy Desi Comedy Hour. It may have been called the Lucy Desi Comedy Hour at this point, but it's when they were living in Connecticut, when they had moved to Connecticut. Mm -hmm. And it's the very last episode ever. And it's Edie, Edie and I can't remember his name that were the guest stars. That's when they have like a guest star every episode. And, it's the last episode that was of the series, and it's also the day that Lucy and Desi signed their divorce papers. Whoa. And there's a moment in the episode, and she talks about it in the book, mm-hmm. where Edie, I keep wanting to say Edie Falco, which is definitely not what her name is. Uh, Edie, <laughs> yeah. um, I want to say Edie Adams. Um, but um, as, long as, you, as long as you don't say Edie Amin, I think you're right. Yeah, uh, right? Uh, when she's singing a song called That's All, Mm-hmm. And the camera pans to Lucy and Desi and she talks about in the book how like, like in that moment, like she almost, she's a woman who never really breaks down and cries. But in that moment, like the camera caught her. She was like just about to cry. Right. Because like this beautiful song is being sung. And she's sitting there and it's this wonderful love song. And right. like Lucille's whole life was ending that day. So it was just like a really powerful moment for such a powerful woman. That is... I, I mean, this will totally be sort of like, I guess, confirmation bias because I am currently working my way through the Marvelous Miss Maisel. But mm-hmm. I, I wonder if that, if any of Lucille's life plays into Maisel's life, especially with a moment like that. I feel like that's captured in so many different ways because she like, yeah, she split up and not split up, but split up, but kind of, but not really. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, supposedly there's a behind the scenes uh, special about uh, Mrs. Maisel that's in collaboration with the Apollo Theater that's on YouTube. I haven't watched it. I have a tab open, but there's that's out there. For- Interesting. Yes. Uh, people are trying all sorts of different virtual anything. I mean, there's um, today, uh, as uh, this is being recorded, so it would have been yesterday, uh, there, the American Cinematheque is doing a, a virtual tribute to the late Lynn Shelton. 
And oh. Like, yeah, and they were like, you know, having her work, I think specifically on like Little Fires Everywhere, like screened uh, amongst a bunch of other things. And they'll have a bunch of her friends and collaborators like come on and, you know, talk about her life because she just, um, not even from COVID-19, just passed away kind of out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, it's so sad. Um, I will. I will watch that. Yeah. Uh, but we, you know, whenever Amy Poehler's documentary about Lucy and Desi comes out, um, which I, yeah. I think currently it's being called just Lucy and Desi as a working title. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Uh, I mean, I definitely think, I mean, is there anything that Amy Poehler hasn't done now that, I mean, she's like had built this entire entertainment empire. Yeah, no, I think she's the perfect person to to take on something like this. I I trust a project like this in her hands, so. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, speaking of comedic inspirations, yeah, she was in the documentary that came out last year, I believe, Love Gilda, about Gilda. Right, she was, and oh yeah, and they had that that sort of beautiful um, segment where they had people- Read, read entries. From Gilda's diary. Yeah, it, it, yeah, that's a powerful thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was, that was really great. I, Amy was just in it, she didn't direct it, right? She was just in it. Yeah, no, no, no. She did not direct it. Yeah, but that was. Yeah, I love when. Um, you know, I, I, I think there needs to be more Amy in more in more of just everything, not necessarily just like the occasional movie with Tina Fey and like a crafting show with Nick Offerman. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she would probably agree with you. Amy probably wants there to be more Amy too. You know. Yes, but there's only so much time in the day and only so much Amy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of, uh, entertainment empires being built, uh, Robin Thede, uh, just signed an overall deal at Warner Brothers Television Group to develop TV for all their platforms, which include HBO, HBO Max. Um, that's great. Yeah. Uh, so Robin was originally, when I started hearing about her name, she was the head writer of the nightly show with Larry Wilmore. Yeah. Yeah, and then that um, mysteriously disappeared off the air right before the 2016 election. When That's it, true. When it didn't need to be. I don't know why. I don't think anyone knows why. You know, you want to talk about a documentary about comedy. I feel like uh, in a couple years, somebody needs to make a documentary about how Comedy Central just repeatedly makes the wrong choice. I would over, agree. Over and over. You know, like in, in such confounding ways. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Robin Thede, I believe, I believe Robin Thede is Second City. Yes, I think she is. I think I'm, she is. I, yeah, I'm fairly certain she is a, a background, yeah, from Second City, amongst other things. Amongst other things. Uh, then she got her own late night show after that at BET. She did. Rundown, being one of the few uh, <laughs> minority women uh, in the late night world. Yes. And that unfortunately didn't last too mo- long. And then she got her own sketch show, Black Lady Sketch Show, which she uh, created and co-starred and wrote on um, on HBO. And uh, now she is, uh, you know, moving on up to a big old overall deal where she can do kind of like develop her own stuff as she pleases. Well deserved. Well deserved. I wrote I wrote about this today, and I mean, uh, it wasn't too long ago that Larry Wilmore was like put in that position and look at all the good he's done without Larry. I mean, Larry brought, helped bring 
insecure to HBO. That's true. That's and very like, true. And look at where insecure is now, you know? Yeah. It's a crazy it's like, it's like one of the, I think one of, arguably kind of the face of HBO comedy now. Yeah, probably at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with, <laughs> I mean, in the, in the interest of uh, racial equity and lifting up uh, voices uh, of VIPOC, uh, you know, like promoting Silicon Valley <laughs> uh, or, you know, a lot of their comedies that are full of white people, uh, you know maybe that's not such good optics, but yeah. uh, also Insecure, I happen to, I think it's a great, great, great comedy that is, shows off LA in a way that doesn't get shown off a lot. I would agree. And um, man, I, I can't think of like a, a comedy in recent memory that's as sexy as <laughs> Insecure. Yeah, it's a great show. Yeah, it really, really is. But I hope Ram Thiti, with her overall deal, uh, will get to do something similar in the sense of uh, uplifting and bringing a bunch of different projects from different folks. I'm sure she will. Yeah. So that's exciting news. Uh, Last item I want to mention for news. um, I mean, you know, arguably, I try to not have arguments that over, like, social media be a news item. But it just... What do you mean? Like, so this Are we next, about to argue? No, we're not about to argue. Oh, I think okay. we're going to totally be in agreement. But oh. I think it does segue nicely into, like, talking about the pack in a minute. Um, so this club owner in New York City, this comedy club owner, uh, specifically uh, the Stamp New York Comedy Club, James Altucher, he uh, is going to close the club in New York because, you know, I mean, really, any major city in the world, any any sort of large gathering for live performance is just like it's. You're gonna have to probably put that off till next year. Yeah, no one knows. Yeah, yeah no one knows. No one knows. So, with the uncertainty in the air in uh, terms of him returning, he just it's New York's really, really, really expensive. So he decided to close up shop and move to Florida. Huh. And he wrote a whole post about it and um, saying, yeah, you know, how it, New York City isn't the same. And actually, people have been saying that for years, even without the pandemic, uh, with the rising property values. And um, sure. yeah, yeah, and there's been a mass exodus of New York comedians to L.A. that yeah, I thought were like New Yorkers. <laughs> and also the other way around. I mean, I, 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 people can argue for both sides, I think. And I say that as a New Yorker who now lives in Los Angeles. Right. Right. Well, I mean, I think what happened was there were a bunch of people who moved to New York, or moved to LA from New York, and so there was this empty space, and there were a bunch of people who were like, you know, kind of felt like they were just spinning their wheels here in LA, and then they moved to New York, and they're like, ooh, I can do all this, like, mythical stage time, and then not have a life. Because that's the other... People People are lazy. I'm sorry. People are lazy. People, you spin your wheels no matter where you go unless you create your own vehicle. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you'll spin your wheels no matter where you go. Mm -hmm. I feel like New York, and maybe I am saying this because I'm a New Yorker, but I just feel like New York's a harder city. And I feel like people don't want to do the hard work. It's hard in LA too, don't get me wrong. I just think it's harder in New York. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people aren't cut out for it. (laughs) Sure. I mean, my attitude with New York, I can handle it, but like, why? I don't have to. I I live here. 
yeah, yeah. then don't. But my whole thing is like, then don't, but also don't, and I'm not saying you do, I'm just saying then don't, but don't talk smack about it either because we'll eat you for lunch. Like, right. well, you know yeah, I mean? I mean, I don't talk smack about New York, but it's just like, New York comes so hard in LA. And I'm like. I don't think they do. I don't think we do. I think people think we do. I think people think, I think people give us this like reputation in New York that we, people think we are. I'm like, like, we're not, we just don't care enough to give you an opinion. Like, it's just like, we're so busy working and like doing our stuff yeah. and not, and, and like, so we don't have time to, mm -hmm. for like the banter. Like right. we don't care about the gossip and we don't care about the BS because New Yorkers are too busy hustling. Right. That's am how I, I feel about it. Am I thinking of just like 10 specific comedians that... Yeah, probably. <laughs> and it's probably different for you because you deal uh, mostly with comics, with stand-ups. And I right. think the stand-up world in general is, is a little bit different when, when you're talking about comedy overall. I think it's right. like, it, there's subdivisions. I, will, I would like to put it out there that, so there's this idea for those who don't know or haven't done comedy in New York uh, or seen it, um, there's this idea that there's so much stage time, so much, you can get so many spots if you're doing stand-up in New York. And that's somewhat true with a huge caveat in that like only a handful of people actually get to do all that stage For sure. time. For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. You still have to like make your bones and get your sea legs like it's you do in LA. same in LA, but it's the same thing in LA. And yeah. You know what I mean? It's the same mics that people go to all the time in LA. So like, I, I don't know. I think you can make the case for both. Right. So this guy, James Altucher, he said that um, he bolted for Florida as in this, as this article in Deadline says, and um, claimed that the Big Apple is completely dead with no hope for a rebound. That's nice. That's very nice. You know, I mean, people, this pandemic has everybody kind of, you know, going at the wall. So I don't, them for not me you gotta stay positive you gotta stay positive you gotta stay hopeful you gotta stay motivated you gotta look <laughs> towards the future because otherwise you have that kind of an attitude and i refuse sorry hashtag sorry not sorry nope not from, <laughs> not from me not for you won't get that from me nope yeah. no i i wouldn't imagine that uh that i would get that from you i'd be worried yeah about i don't know <laughs> maybe that's like the wrong i don't know i just feel like uh you got to stay positive now more than ever, especially if you're someone in comedy. Um, yeah. I, I think, <laughs> and however you can, like, I, I think of it as the, the little morsels or like, like just brief windows of positivity that you might experience throughout your day. You got to just be open to it and recognize it when they come along. Because um, I, I, you know, it's very, very, very hard to stay positive. And I don't want to necessarily like be trying to be positive so hard that I, I don't validate how bad I feel, you know, because I think that's you got to hold space for that, too. For sure. I'm not saying don't acknowledge the fact that things are hard or acknowledge that you're sad. And I think that there's you know, you, everyone's feelings are valid. And if someone is sad, that's valid. And if someone is feeling depressed, that's valid. And if someone's feeling hopeless, those are all valid feelings. But those are all, in my opinion, choices. Mm -hmm. And like, I just prefer, I mean, I, I get sad, but I prefer to take that sadness and turn it into something empowering mm -hmm. for myself or for others. 
Right. Um, you know what I mean? Like I, I said it yesterday and I'll say it again today. It's too positive to be doubtful, too optimistic to be fearful and too determined to be defeated. Right. That's how I feel. And that's how I go about my day. And that's not, and, and that's not to say that I don't acknowledge the moments that are hard or acknowledge the moments where I feel at a loss, but I feel like take it. I don't know. I, for me, I take it, I sit with it, I acknowledge it. And then I, I turn it around because I refuse to let anything negative overtake me. That's just not, right. that's just not who I am. Right. Absolutely. It's not who I think I compartmentalize it. Like I've just, in my own experience in this time, and there's been a lot of tragic stuff that just has happened for me and I give it plenty of time and space and do not try to fight feeling sad, but I, I mean, I think you know me well enough to know that I can't just wallow in bed or just sit and like, just stare at the wall and just reminisce. Like I can't, I, I do that for a little bit, but um, I, I gotta do stuff. So that's, that's me. I'm with you. I'm yeah. with you. Just, you know, it's like, um, okay. So like, here's an example. I take something that to me, is devastating and tragic and and infuriating like the injustices of the death of Elijah McClain. Right. And so I take something like that and it's sad and I sit and I do sit sometimes and I get really sad and I get angry. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well then what can I do? Because right. I don't want to sit with this feeling. So we do comedians on Zoom writing letters and right. we do something to take those feelings of sadness and anger and frustration and hopelessness and we turn it into something empowering. Right. I don't know. Which is, I don't know, man. This is what we're all doing. It's either that or I'm going to turn to the bottle. And I don't <laughs> want to turn to the bottle. So that's, this is what I, it's either this or bourbon, Jake. <laughs> no, no, that's great. I think that is a great thing that you can do to uh, like uh, channel all that sadness and frustration into something positive. And Comedians on Zoom Writing Letters is a pack theater uh, experience that happens like monthly, I would say. It's whenever I get, whenever I can do it. It takes a lot of work um, and a lot of energy. So I have to be careful that I don't uh, overdo it because I was doing that and uh, also uh, comedians support black owned restaurants pretty frequently. Right. And so it just, it just takes a lot out of me. So I have yeah. to just be careful. Yeah. And that's the thing where you have to, you know, I went to um, a Trans Lives Matter or Black Trans Lives Matter uh, protest recently. Uh-huh. And the organizer was saying, like, you know, none of us have done enough for Black trans lives, or trans people in our lives, non-binary, non-gender conforming people. What are you going to do this day forward to, like, fight for trans lives with your privilege, with whatever you can do? Like, how are you going to commit? And, um, I mean, yes, I'm going to do what I can, but um, that there are other issues that I care about. And it's like... I, and I, if I dedicate, if I try to dedicate all the energy that I would like to every single issue, um, I'm not going to end up doing anything because uh, yeah. like, it's, it's exhausting. Yeah. And, and there's a lot and it's overwhelming. And so it's like how you pick and choose is also can sometimes feel awful, but it's like, we all can only do what we can do. We're all just trying our best. And it's, you know, every little bit helps. Every little bit helps. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I know that I, like, I can't donate a lot, but I donate just a little bit to like something like every other day, whether it's a bail fund or a mutual aid. Yeah. 
That's why I was trying to find things like like comedians on Zoom writing letters, things that don't cost people money. Because right. I feel like especially now everyone's tapped out, whether it's you know from donating to so many different things. Also, it's a pandemic, so lots of people are unemployed. Right. So it's like trying to find things to do that don't cost people a lot of money. Right. But that that is great, and you know if people can find it in themselves to like you know channel you know what are their their feeling into something like that i mean you know more power to you yeah um anyway so you know this stand-up new york club owner um you left for florida and he thinks new york is done and one jerry seinfeld uh <laughs> have you heard of him he disagrees yeah i think does he really disagree or was it a joke was it a bit so he says in an uh, op-ed that he wrote for the New York Times, uh, you say New York will not ba- uh, bounce back this time. Uh, and he goes, I mean, this doesn't sound like a sidefall joke. You will not bounce back in your innervated, pastel-filled new life in Florida. I hope you have a long, healthy run down there. I can't think of more of a more fitting retribution for your fine article. Um, this stupid virus will give up eventually the same way you have. Wow. Yep, that is not a Seinfeld joke. No, but that does <laughs> sound like a very New York thing to say. That does sound like very like, you lost hope, then leave and let the rest of us battle it out. I don't know. I think it's a little cold, but I also think it's a little honest. Like it's like, you know, we bounced back after 9-11. Right. You know? Yeah. I, 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 I mean, I the core message of like what you're saying is that like, yeah, you know, New York, I mean, any, any, honestly, any city that has 8 million people or more, I mean, we're all going through it, but they're going to figure something out. Cause so many people live in all of those cities. I mean, you just yeah. have to figure something out. I mean, yeah, there's going to be yeah. a lot of uh, venues that close, a lot of restaurants that close, a lot of businesses that close, but I mean, things will move on somehow. Yeah. Yeah, so it's sad that this man had to close his club and it's sad that he has to move to Florida. I get sad when I hear people are leaving LA every day and like it's really, and like I knock on wood every day that I don't have to be one of them, you know what I mean? Like I'm doing what I can to not be one of them. But um, I feel like where there's a will, there's a way. Mm -hmm. I want to believe that too, but I feel like these times are really testing the will. Yes. I agree. I agree, but we can't give up. We can't. Well, we yeah, can't. I don't. I don't. I'm. I don't want to do anything else. So. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, you know, I sincerely hope that. Um, other clubs don't have to close. Um, you know, if you're uh, concerned about that, like we are, perhaps look into Save Our Stages, the uh, initiative put forth by the National Independent Venue Association um, and trying to get legislation passed in Congress so independent venue do not close, a lot of which are in comedy, like the Pack Theater. Sure. Uh, yeah. How, so... How's it going with the pack, Alyssa? I mean, we're not in our physical space, which obviously is not ideal. Right. Um, but we have show seven nights a week on Twitch, which has 
been great. Um, and we're, you know, we're constantly trying to find ways to, to build that and, you know, and to, and to keep going. And then hopefully at some point we'll be allowed back in our, in our home theater. Yeah. It, not only do you have shows seven nights a week and like sometimes two, three, four shows. And yeah. Yeah. In the course of a day, which you would normally have at the pack. I mean, that's the thing. I feel like unlike almost any other venue in the country, almost maybe the world, like I think you've done a pretty good virtual replica of what you were doing. We're trying. We're trying really, really hard. Classes too. And there's classes all the time. Yeah, there's classes going on right now. Um, yeah, classes in improv and sketch mm-hmm. and character and voiceover and stand-up and pilot writing and TV pitching. Um, there's a bazillion classes. It's great. Right. Yeah. And uh, I mean, how? so how long did it take you, you would say, to get to where you are now, where it's like, you don't know when things are going to come back, but you, it feels like there's a pretty good, like, workflow uh, and a tight ship that's running on Twitch. I'm glad that it looks that way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very glad it looks that way. And I'm doing my job right. Um, I mean, it's tricky. I mean, every day is tricky. And, um, you know, normally when we're at the pack, we don't, uh, we run on donations. You know that we don't charge for tickets. Right. So for a while, what we were doing on our Twitch channel was asking people to Venmo the theater so we can mm-hmm. uh, raise money. So when we can reopen, we can reopen. But because of the telethon that we did, we're gonna, we're going to be okay in that respect. Right. So given the climate of the world right now, um, I've told every show that while they can have their show raise money for the Pack Theater, which is always appreciative they can also have their show raise money for different organizations and, you know, people in places that need the money. So every show is basically almost like a fundraiser or a charity show. Everyone's choosing a different organization that that they feel connected to, they feel passionate about. Um, Can you name a few? Oh my God. There's so many. Um, I I know there are. (laughs) There's so many that range from like, the NAACP to uh, the Marsha P. Johnson Foundation. I think you did one of those. We've done so many organizations. Um, Soy Ella, Soy Ella, um, there's been so many. There's the Okra Project, I think. Yeah. Huh? The Okra Project, I think, was one of them. There's so many, I can't even get into it. Everyone has chosen, and, and there are shows that are weekly shows that will choose a different organization to raise money for every week. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's been amazing that we can help all of these people in places that are less fortunate, you know, that, that need the help through comedy. So like, you know, that's been great. I've also, because of the climate of the world, something I've, I'm being a little bit more lenient with shows. So if it's 9.59 and you're just not feeling your 10 p.m. show because you're in a sad place, you can text me and tell me, hey, Alyssa, I can't do my 10 p.m. show in 60 seconds. I don't feel good. Right. And in a non-COVID world, in a non-elective year that is racially charged, I will. I would not be so lenient. But um, oh yeah, that's putting it nicely. I think you, you that would get you blackballed. <laughs> yeah, I would kill you um, at the theater. When people can't do their show. I'm like, why? Then don't have a show. 
Right. In these times, I think it's best. I think for some showrunners, it's a big deal for them just to get out of bed and to turn on their Zoom. So like, I, I want to be empathetic to that and I appreciate what people are doing on their shows. So if they can do it, great. And if they can't, I get you. Yeah. Have there been any highlights for shows uh, that have either one-offs or regular shows, you know, in the Twitch era of the pack? So many. I There's really been, I watch every show. One of the cool things is because it's on Twitch, everything goes to video afterwards. So even if I can't watch a show live, I can go back and watch it, which for me is great um, as AD because uh, in, in our space, I can't always do that. Um, and I really think every show has had a moment that like, I've been like, man, that's cool. I think Dingleberries, which is improv on Monday nights at 9 p.m. Uh, with Rich Stone and Neil Dandade have really figured out improv via Zoom. I mean, they're old like Chicago vets and like not old in age, old in spirit. And uh-huh. I really feel like they've figured out, I think uh, what Allie does with Animal Crossing improv on Sundays at seven is amazing. I think what Frankie Griffin does on Fridays at eight with Wizarding World Live is dope, I think. Um, and I there, and I, I don't want shows to be like, you didn't mention me. Every show has had a moment, whether it's production value or content, um, or taking the anti-influencer hour that mm-hmm. Rachel Resnick does is mind blowing. She started doing that show when she was quarantined, stuck in France. So she was really seven- was in Paris. How about that? Oh yeah. So it would be seven p.m. here, and I believe it was like four or five a.m. in 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 <laughs> France when we when she pitched the show. I was like, the hardest part is gonna be finding a time. Like, do you want to do it really early or really late? Like, what do you want to do? And it was easier for her to stay up through the night. Um, but it, every show just like boggles my mind with the chances that everyone's taking with their shows. Which is really great. And it, I mean, I feel like a lot of, and it, I'm not trying to throw shade at other people but uh, or other shows, but a lot of, you know, live stream is just very like cut and dried of like, all right, it's like stand up or storytelling on Zoom. And that's fine too. And I think there's a, I think there's, a, I think that's fine. There's a place for that. And if, the comedy is there, the comedy is there. I don't think you need extra like bells and whistles, but I think there is something to be said for making it more special by taking these chances. Yeah. Like what, uh, give me an example of some chances that, uh, or a chance that somebody's taken, like a really big swing. I mean, well, like for example, like just like the production value that goes into Wizarding World Live that Frankie Griffin does, um, that our friend Jeremy, whose last name I refuse to pronounce because I'll butcher it, um, does a lot of the the background work for, and they work through, they don't do their show through Zoom, they do it through OBS, which is just like a different operating system. But because of that, they can have all of these cool backgrounds and images and overlays and things that make it look like people are in crystal balls and it's not just a Zoom background, like it's it's innovative. It's almost like a 3D experience. It builds the world that you feel like you're, you, you almost feel like you're watching that show live on stage at the pack. Very cool, yeah. very, very cool. Yeah, some people that are a little more uh, live stream tech savvy um, or it really just uh, put their nose to the grindstone and figure it out, OP, OBS or uh, vMix or whatever, um, supplementary programs to Zoom uh, or, you know, figured out how to, 
I, I remember one of the trippier things I've seen that you guys have done was at the Packathon to raise money to save the theater. I, I think you had the wise kids you know play Risk online. We did. And, and then you were able to have all of their Zoom video and the game plugged into Twitch? Yes. How does that work? I had to, we had like three different tech people on the back end at that point to make that happen. Yeah. I be, yeah, I believe, I believe it. Yeah, right? Dave, Neve, and then I think Sam. Yeah, or no. It was one of the whitest kids. Um, we had three things going on in the back end at yeah. the same time to make that happen. <laughs> that was just a It was trip. a headache. It was not fun. No, I can't imagine that it would be. It was not fun. Yeah, I mean, most like, you know, network telethons using it weren't that complex. They just put like a border around it and uh, they have like a ticker and then that's it. Not like... Not for the whitest kids, man. You gotta, you gotta go all out for the whitest kids you know. Absolutely. I sidebar to that. I one of the times I remember with the whitest kids you know that I enjoy the most. Josh Fadum used to do a uh, occasional because I don't. He just kind of did it whenever uh, comedy show at a video store he worked at at Cinephile Cinephile Video in uh, West LA. And they would clear out some of the racks uh, for you know video stores. Oh, for those people who are too young, they, yeah, there used to be physical stores where we'd go in and rent DVDs or VHSs. It's true. Yeah, uh, and some of them still exist for some. Also time. true. So they would put in chairs and stuff, and it was mainly just stand up. But you know, Josh is like, uh, you know, I think he's blood brothers with the wise kids, you know. So he had them come down in like a space that is tinier than the pack if you can imagine that oh my goodness yeah the pack is like what 35 37 42 seats 42 seats oh i was missing one row sorry um okay. yeah no it was definitely a tinier space than uh the pack and, and they had the entirety of the whitest kids you know in this like tiny space and they did not rehearse so it, it, in essence it was this weird meta thing of like they would attempt to do so many sketches and they would fuck it up and then they would just yell at each other and they go on and i've never heard this at a sketch show where they're like all right next sketch guys <laughs> oh yeah i mean we once had the whitest kids on uh there's a show that i do with the pack normally called chopping block comedy where we do rejected comedy of our funny friends and we did a whitest kids you know movie that they <laughs> oh, yeah, i remember this wrote and sold and like in the middle of it zach like stopped it and he was like, this is incredibly sexist, and I am very sorry for everyone in this audience right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's like, I can't believe we wrote this. Oh, yeah. Uh, we can? Yes, we can. <laughs> we can. Man, uh, how old was it at that point? 10 years old or something? 15? Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Oh, so much comedy from back then does not hold up well. It does not. Um, there's another pack show where... Um, it's it's like Jesse Klein and I want to say Elizabeth Hayhurst, and they do oh it's Greedy Reboot, Greedy yeah. Reboot, yeah. And one Greedy Reboot, they decided to sort sort of like twist their format a little bit, and they just kind of did a uh, straight up live read, not rewrite, a live read of the pilot for Big Bang Theory. Yes. 
And man, you want to talk about that not holding up and being horribly, horribly sexist. Yeah. 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 Yep. I mean, guys, this is the sort of crazy, amazing uh, genre bending sort of stuff that happens at the pack theater, whether it's virtual and or in real life. And uh, I would urge you to tune in uh, whenever you can. I mean, again, there's so many shows. Um, Seven nights a week. uh, And, you know, like Alyssa mentioned, there's the Wizarding World, there's improv, uh, there's... I think the anti-influencer hour is like bi-weekly, right? It is now bi-weekly, yes. It is yeah. every other Saturday at 7 p.m. But if you're into sort of postmodern clowning, as I like to call it, then it's a great showcase for that. Um, you can also, it's all up on our website, so you can see our Twitch schedule on our website. Yeah, um, twitch.tv slash packtheater. Or you can go to packtheater.com. Yeah. Like that, you know, whatever. Um, Whatever. Do you have any, I mean, the, of course things are uncertain. I don't mean to put you on the spot here if you don't have an answer. I mean, that's the answer. But uh, thoughts on when to reopen, how you would reopen? It's just impossible to answer. It's impossible yeah. to answer. And anyone who tries to answer it is stupid. Um, yeah. It's impossible to answer. I do not foresee us reopening until there's a vaccine. That is my guess. That is my assumption. That is not like a set in stone statement that is in this moment my assumption is we will not reopen until there's a vaccine because uh not that i 42 c theater 42 c theater that does not have a patio um no and and we are known for like cramming packing people in like why i why would i ever put anyone at risk the pack theater often gets so packed that people sit on the stage and people sit in the rafters. Yeah, or people leave because they don't feel like being stuck like like crammed next to each other, which I'm yeah. fine with. Or they'll they'll watch in the lobby from the video feed. From the video monitor, yeah. So until until we live in a world where I feel comfortable having people be that close to each other, we will not reopen. I think that is an admirable, admirable stance, and I am glad that you're doing that. Especially, I had a, you know Sam Varela. Yes. I had Sam on a couple weeks ago and she was talking about people trying to do shows right now and not taking enough precaution. Like she understands the desire to do it, but she wishes as somebody who is an immunocompromised person that you're being ableist by doing those shows if you're not. Yeah. Yeah. Like a drive-in show, sure. But like, that's not scalable to like our level of comedy. No. So you gotta t- you gotta figure out something else. Correct, and maybe we'll come up with something else as the pack. But I don't foresee us being in our space again until there's a vaccine. Do you have thoughts about these outdoor shows, these patio shows? I mean, you might have seen pictures like the cellar. We'll do shows like I've seen a bunch of them. I've gone to a bunch of them. Um, I think they're great. I think um, I've seen a lot that are doing a lot of great things, but. Um, I don't know if it's for us at this point. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying I don't, I would prefer us to keep building what we're doing on Twitch and to be like the premier place that people can go to on Twitch right. before we delve into something like outdoor right. alfresco comedy. Which there is no space to do at the pack. So I, for those who don't know, the pack theater is one theater in uh, something that is literally and figuratively a complex. Yeah. Literally it's called the complex. Uh, on the corner of Santa Monica and uh, Wilcox. Yeah. 
and uh, it houses what, like eight, nine different theaters, something like that. Something like that. It's a bunch. And in half, in half of a block is like eight or nine different yeah. theaters, and not all of them are comedy. In fact, maybe only three of them are. Yeah. Yeah, the others are like solo shows that are, I mean, who knows what they are, or if they're any good. <laughs> no, they do theater. It's a lot of theater. It's a lot of theater. Um, but yeah, there are all these theaters that are crammed right next to each other to the point where it's confusing if you're trying to find a show and you don't have the exact address. And, uh, the, you know, the sidewalk, while big enough to walk, I mean, like, I mean, you can't put enough chairs out for... No. There's no outdoor theater being done at the complex. No, no, not mm. at all. I mean, maybe you and could. That's okay. Yeah, do a solo show to one audience member, like truly have it be solo. That's stupid. It is. <laughs> that's dumb. I will say. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Find a way to do it and make it great, and I think that's great. Like, if people can find ways to be innovative during these times, I think that's dope. I think that, yeah, I think that's great. A couple of years ago, Moses Storm, when Riot LA was a thing, he uh, he went to the parking lot where there was a bunch of different like booths for like vendors and stuff. Uh-huh. And he bought like a portable shed or rented one. And he had like a makeshift stage in it. And it was a thing, it's almost like, you know, bordering on performance art where he invited one person in at a time to do, watch him do stand-up. Yeah. You stand up and they, you just like, it was just stand up for one person and one person only at a time for like three minutes. I mean, look, there's, there's stuff to be said for like moving installation, art, comedy, yada, yada. I think there's a time and a place for all of it. I am not taking that on. Sure. Because I have enough on my plate. You do have, you have so, I mean, it's really, really amazing that like what you did before the lockdown was amazing, but how you've been able to flip and transform it into what it is now, which... I mean, it, it, it's like a fully functioning virtual theater. Yeah, we're getting there. What, what, what do you think is left for you to do to like, quote unquote, get there? Oh, there's so much. There's so much we, I want to, that we all want to do with the shows. There's just so much, but it's just finding the time for me personally to, to work with each show. What, what would um, you want to do? Or what, what are some ideas? Or loosely, you don't have to like name check. It's just broad, it's more like specific stuff for each show that I don't know it would really make sense. Um, I just want to, it, it really just comes down to like to continuously like challenging each other and challenging the shows and challenging the content and challenging our audiences to be on board with what we want to do. Like it's our job in comedy to take risks and to, and to make moves and to push the boundaries. And I think if we can continue to continue to find ways to do that in this world, I think that's mm-hmm. what we need to be doing. Yeah. Uh, I think you guys do a great job with that. I, I always thought you guys I mean uh and I mean I I guess I should mention full transparency I mean I did co-produce a show at the pack yes this is true you'd face but I mean I still uh you know my loyalty lies to the LA comedy scene uh as a whole not to any individual venue so I'm not just saying that just because I did a show there but I mean no I think you guys guys did great and you've always been a wonderful supporter and thank you for that you're very welcome. I think a reflection of that is, you know, uh, Second City had its reckoning and UCB had and is probably very much still having their reckoning. Um, very publicly so, by the way. And like, you know, a bunch of 
big time sort of comedy theater institutions, IO, Chicago, just shut down. Yeah, it's really sad. Um, and, you know, they, they shut down for money, but there was also issues with how the theater was being run. Sure. Uh, yeah, I, I have not heard the same of the pack. I mean, like you guys, I've always been sort of forward thinking and have always sort of uplifted voices and done all the things that people should have been doing. I mean, thank you. I mean, there are definitely things we could be doing better or differently. And we're, you know, we're always trying to, again, challenge ourselves and hold a mirror up to ourselves and see what we could be working on and being better. Yeah. That's what we need to be doing. Everyone yeah. needs to be and, uh, you know, I know that's the, the philosophy of how you run the pack, but I mean, you know, that is kind of like a big deal considering a lot of a lot of people just were fine with just sailing on and keeping you know just where they were going like they, yeah. they yeah they were fine not upsetting the balance that they struck yeah we are definitely here to make waves right which i just think is ironic in comedy i mean there sh there shouldn't be like a like if there is any status quo within something that is comedy then that should be disruptive Yes, that is, I would a thousand percent agree. It's just tricky these days. Is there anything that's specifically tricky that you feel like is hard to navigate with that? I just think all of it. I think we live in a really highly emotionally charged time and everyone's putting a mirror up to each other and themselves which i think is great and probably should have been done a long time ago and so to navigate a world where your job is to push boundaries but now everyone's got different boundaries and now everyone's figuring out what their boundaries are and what they want them to be so how you push how far how much which way it's just it's really really tricky um so i think we're all just working to figure it out Mm -hmm. And that's the only way that it's going to get done. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll make mistakes along the way and, and we have, and we can, we'll continue to make mistakes along the way. And I think it's just acknowledging that mistake and acknowledging that there's fault and, and then, you know, trying to do better. Mm -hmm. What, are, what, are, what is the, one of the ways that you have strove to do better, uh, with the pack in lockdown. Oh man, that's a lot. I don't know. Um, it could be uh, a tiny thing. I mean, like the idea that you're having shows uh, not only support the theater, but a charity of their choice, I think is a thing. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't have to be this big. You're not, look, I'm not asking like, oh, so we're solving racism like this. We're definitely not. We're definitely not. No, um, no, no one has a singular answer for that. That's why. There is no. We're just trying to do the best we can. We're just trying to make fun, make fun comedy for ourselves, for each other, for our audiences, and you know, and and to do comedy for a good cause. Just you know, that's our job is just to make people laugh and smile. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think it always needs to be something. Sometimes it's something big like comedians on Zoom writing letters, right. but sometimes it's just dingleberries, which is, yeah. which sends a message in and of itself. You know, I look forward now, I work on Friday nights and I look forward to getting off and coming home 
just in time to turn on my Twitch to watch Go Sketch Yourself every Friday at midnight to watch Hunter Altman and Dash Nye and Alan Johnson put on that show where people, it's basically like a sketch comedy open mic. Right. And like, it brings, it brings me so much joy, as a, not as an artistic director, as a human. I look forward to it. Right, yeah. I think that is, if I may sort of encapsulate it like that, I mean, yeah. that is sort of the thing that you're striving to do to like, be better or make things better or because holding space for bo both of those i think is, is something that people have a hard time wrapping their head around right like you can have your fist in the air and march in the streets and be a silly billy like yeah in in the same person and you know in the same day you know yeah doesn't you, yeah gonna exhaust yourself out if you're just either extreme time and a place for both yeah so i i mean i think that is it's great work you know to have that imbued throughout all of what the pack is doing thanks for trying yeah um we're almost at the end here thank you so much thanks for having me yeah i love you um I want to take this last little moment to um, do shout outs, recommendations of new comedy things that you've seen, heard, read, consumed, however, or I mean, doesn't even have to be comedy, like whatever you're enjoying right now. It could be new, it could be old. I mean, for me, it will be new comedy because that is my MO for this podcast, but um, you do you. Shout outs of things I like right now? Uh, that you have that you have just started getting into or discovered. Hopefully, I've just, I mean, I've just started meditating, which is very like anti everything to me. Um, <laughs> oh, guys, if you knew Alyssa, like <laughs> through that is that could be a speed face bit. Is the idea of me <laughs> sitting still is my hell. Um, <laughs> But I've been doing it for almost two months now, and yeah. I love it. I refuse to do yoga, so I'm not there. Right. But I am meditating, and I'm every morning, and I'm, for the most part, enjoying it. Um, yeah. um, but like things I've seen, I mean, really, the only things I watch are, are the Pack Theater on Twitch. Um, I'm I'm watching old shows that I'm trying to like catch up on that I've never watched before. But there's not a lot of time. Yeah. So, like, I'm watching AP Bio very slowly. Yeah. Um, but I really, really like it. I'm enjoying it. I'm also, I'm also watching Bob's Burgers for the first time, which I'm also really enjoying. There you go. Um, I finally finished BoJack, and I finally finished uh, Lost. So, guys, I also yeah. just got my first pair of Uggs. So it's like baby steps. You know what I mean? Baby steps. Hey, that, those, that's a lot, you know? I feel like it is. <laughs> it is. In addition to every... Pack theater show, yeah, that's a, that's a lot. I mean, uh, Bob's Burgers. How many seasons are there now? Like, I don't know. I'm still on season one. There's a lot. There's I a feel lot. like I will be on season one if we have this conversation this time next year. <laughs> like, true that. Yeah. True that. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've been doing the same. Uh, I mean, I'll probably before the week gets out, be I'll like have gone through Marvelous Miss Maisel all three seasons. Oh, cool. For two weeks. Um, I just don't have that kind of time. Don't have that kind of time. Ain't nobody nope. got time for that. Nope. 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 Um, I mean, I, I 
sometimes do work while watching those shows. And also, I just don't sleep very much. Neither do I. I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm fine, but, you know, I'm sure that'll catch up to me at some point. Yeah, whatever. Well, you know, it's going to happen yeah. to all of us at some point. New comedy stuff that I would recommend that I've seen. Uh, Please, recommend to me. Uh, Beth Stelling has a new hour out on HBO Max. Called Girl Daddy is oh cool great. It, so HBO Max in its launch, um, this is their first wave of standard specials that are exclusively available through their streaming platform. And uh, Beth's came out. One came out from James Beach. Another came out from this New Zealand comic, uh, Rose Matafeo. Oh, dope. Yeah, and then there was this like um, Latinx uh, comedians showcase uh, hosted by Angela Johnson that featured like Jesus Trejo and Pedro Salinas. Um, uh, my good buddy Jay Light just had his comedy album drop. It was number one in iTunes. Right. And he's really, really, I mean, I also saw it like live because he, he recorded it at the pack, but um, I'm super proud of him and I'm really excited about it. So. Hey, there you go. There's the, there's the shout out you're looking for. Yeah, I think, yay, Jay Light. Yeah. Um, I just watched Austin Sketchfest mm-hmm. on Twitch, and I thought they did a killer job. I agree. Um, they opted to go virtual for the whole thing. And I thought they did a killer job. I thought they did a, I loved it. Yeah. Um, I watched more than just the packed sketch teams that were on it. Um, so, yeah. I loved Adomian and Tony and Tamanek doing uh, Trump versus Biden. Trump versus Biden. It was great. It was great. It was really really good and uh yeah i mean they just did their characters it was great they yeah, did- I'm, yeah i'm trying to support the shows that i have friends that work on mm-hmm. the soup is back to doing things and jade is on there jade Calabreta, and i i like to support her i think she's really funny and um so yeah i'm just trying to watch things that i have friends associated with just so i can like help support them and make them feel good and you know that's great um speaking of supporting friends uh frequent pack performer nick gligger came out with this short film yesterday i have not seen it yet but i'm very and uh jasper sams is also in it who is also pack i'm very excited to see it yeah it's called gone fishing uh it is a bonkers dark comedy short um where you know i'm starting to realize that nick is really good at playing psychopaths nick is great at everything like people don't I'm going to say people don't give Nick enough credit, but I feel like, I don't know if that's even an accurate thing to say. Um, Nick is great at everything he does. He's just like a wonderful person, actor, performer, right? He's just great. Yeah. He's just a great human being. Yeah. And he lets me watch wrestling at his house. So like even better. There you go. Even now? Not now. <laughs> I feel the- like if I asked him really nicely, he may let me. But I mean, I'm annoying to watch wrestling with. But um, yeah, yeah, but we have a good time. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, he, he he is really great. Uh, I don't want to give too much away with the short, but go watch it. Uh, Gone fishing. Uh, Nick Ligger stars in it, um, and you know, I'll let you see how much fishing is involved. Um, none. Maybe. My guess is zero. Maybe. We'll find out. We'll find out. We'll find out. Uh, all those links will be posted in the show notes. Um, how can people find you? What else do you want to mention uh, about the pack or yourself? Or I don't know, is Matsumi Meal Time going to come back? 
Multi meal time, yeah. So I do a now it's going to be monthly. It was a weekly comedy show that my good friend, my fellow funny friend, and fellow coworker from Osteria Moza, Jen Eden, and I uh, are doing. Mm-hmm. And it's just a, a comedy show that is sort of an homage to all things Moza to all of our coworkers and all of our guests. Um, everyone misses coming out to eat. And so it's our little comedy show, our little daytime talk show. It used to be weekly. We are moving to monthly because Jen and I are both extremely busy, um, knock on wood, which is great. Between the pack, for me at least, between the pack theater and like auditions are starting to pick up. So, uh, and working full time, uh, I'm really busy. Jen is really busy. She is uh, starting to get more and more into the stand-up world. And so she's busy focusing on that. So we're moving to monthly. So it's um, the first Monday of the month at 1 p.m. So September 7th, I believe, is our first, is our next show cool. um, on Facebook Live at Moza Mealtime. Very fun. So yeah, it's so much fun. It's silly and it's like really easy and it's not one of those like highly produced shows because it's not meant to be. It's really just meant to be about connecting with each other and with everybody watching and to do silly, stupid improv and musical improv and late night comedy jokes at one in the afternoon. Yep. Uh, Based off of Mozart. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, How about uh, where can people go to find uh, what's going on at the pack? Um, on our website, always packtheater.com. Um, on social media, our Instagram is pretty dope, uh, which is at packtheater. Mm-hmm. Um, for my stuff, you can just Alyssa M P E L Y S S A M P. I'm everywhere. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're all over. We're all over. You're you're certainly all over. Uh, I'll I'll say twitch.tv slash packtheater is where all this packtheater. Twitch live streams that we've been talking about are happening. Oh, I'm curious. Is Are you going to do like a virtual chopping block at, at some point? I don't know. That's a really hard show to do via Twitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, not being on stage together. So I'm not quite sure. Also, that's my show that I produce and I just physically don't have the time right now. Sure. It, would, it would really either be like, Alyssa, do chopping block, or Alyssa, run the pack theater. So <laughs> I, can only, I, I can only pick and choose. And I've been working on my one woman Gilda Radner show for a very long time, and I would prefer to finish that. Wow. I mean, I don't know if I've tried, if it's illustrated clearly enough for all the listeners, but there is so much going on at the pack and so whatever Alyssa is doing uh, with the pack or outside of it or in and around it. I mean, I guess that's my message to people who think that comedy is dead or it's done. It's definitely not. No. It's only just beginning. It's just different. It's just, it is just different. It's just different. No one likes change. Mm -hmm. So once everybody embraces change, I think it'll, I think it'll be okay. Yeah. And I, I would also add that like, you know, it's not, I don't think there's ever a new normal in comedy. I mean, like. Never. There shouldn't be. No. There shouldn't be. It's our job to take risks. It's our job to make changes. It's our job to create waves. Like, you know what I mean? This just happens to be a change that we didn't initiate. The world did. So it's just not being run by us, but we are completely capable of taking control over it. Oh, yeah. 
and just, I mean, doing it and figuring it out, which I, I, I remember the first thing you guys did was a three camera talk show uh, in, in, in lockdown. Like that was the first live stream you tried to do. Was it? I'm trying to remember what, I thought the first thing we did was all the comedians we rewrote King Lear. No, this was before that. Cause it was like, you try to do it, I think on like Facebook live and not Twitch. I don't remember. Yeah, so you try to use three different cameras to do like a somewhat traditional talk show. And like- I don't even remember this. <laughs> you, it was, yeah, and it was like five of you in an apartment or six of you. And I mean, I remember tuning in because I was, was like- Was I on it? I don't think you were on it. But it was definitely, a, it was packed people. It was only packed people. I don't remember. I think Niv might have been part of it. I don't remember this. Okay, but it okay. the 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 point being is that we've come a long way. Come a long way, and you you've really really tried, and you you you've seen what works, and you've grown, and I, I think that's commendable. Thanks, and and again, thank you for all your support because you are an an avid supporter of the pack, and without we need that. So yeah. Glad to, I mean, you guys do great work and you're a wonderful community that's part of a bigger community that I really, really love. So I'm glad to be of service, you know? Thanks, we're all in this together, you know? <sighs> I, I really want that to be the case. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have, uh, oh, I, I, I gotta do my plugs. Uh, the Comedy Bureau, uh, you can follow that at The Comedy Bureau across platforms. Visit thecomedybureau.com. Um, this podcast comes out uh, every Wednesday. So, you know, do the whole subscribe and five stars and leave a nice review. Uh, I'm trying to do office hours on Instagram live for The Comedy Bureau. It's just me and you can literally ask me anything. Saturdays at 2, at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Um, we've mentioned that there are a lot of great causes that you could support that need support right now. So give your money to those, I would say. And if you have money and generosity left over, support the Comedy Bureau because I need that support as well. And, and give it to the pack uh, in addition to that, if you can. Um, I am Jay Kroger. You can follow me at not the supermarket, uh, not the supermarket on Instagram and on Twitter at MFJ Kroger. Um, you like? You have anything you like to say as we sign off here? Mm, no, I mean, thank you for having me. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm really grateful that you know I get to be a part of the pack and and that the pack is doing what it's doing. And I, I just think these are really tough times, and I really do think it's our choice as as people in comedy to do this, to, to make the choice to say that, you know, we're doing this together. And I think at the pack, we do do it together. And, oh yeah. You know, and I hope more people join in on our, on, in the pack community because we are a community. So we always say like, I mean, it's true. It's cheesy, but it's true. It's like the strength of the wolf is the pack. Mm -hmm. Like we are no one without each other. And that is framed in the theater. That's it. it. Is. Yeah, and they, no, they really, really do uh, live by that, that code. Um, so whether virtually or in person, whenever that is going to happen, uh, go watch and support the Pack Theater, everybody. Um, I like to say at the end of every episode, uh, comedy is still happening. And as the great Bertie Stevens would say, enjoy it.
County Bureau Field Report is recorded, produced, and edited by Jake Kroger. Music by Brian Cornillo. Artwork by Andrew Delman and KT. And part of the Believe Podcast family. Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. They make high-quality clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, promo code STAPLE20. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.